Welcome back to New Rockstars. We finally have a trailer for the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming to Disney Plus. And boy, oh boy, does it look like a banger. Finally, all my hard work and investing in these prequel memes is about to pay off big time. If we don't get Jar Jar Binks as a Sith Lord in this series, we riot. And by we, I mean me, my roommate Jimmy, and that guy who kind of like, I don't know if he lives in our garage or if he just sleeps there, but he agrees with all my theories as long as I give him a little bit of rum every night in a dish, <laughs> like a little house cat. <laughs> this is Rogue Theory, the show where we pitch the wildest theories for the nerdy titles that we love. My name is Thomas Michael Bechtold, and I was born on a small farm in upstate New York in 1980-something. Going rogue with me today is the angel that all the deep space pilots love to talk about. It's my queen, my muse, my everything. Jessica Clemens. Hello, Jessica. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> that intro was... <laughs> I hate that I was first after that intro. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I blacked out. I noticed. I absolutely I blacked out. I absolutely have no recollection. Ah, also joining us today is someone who's ready to tell you the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise and host of the Philosophers Podcast. It's Eddie Villanueva. Hello, Eddie. How are you? Hello, hello. And I thought you were going to tell them that I lived in your garage. What's going on? Just let them know our relationship already. Tommy, come on. Eddie loves that rum. Oh, you know <laughs> it. Saucer. Finally, someone who really, really hates sand. It's coarse. It's irritating. It's off-screen producer Brandon. Oh, boy, do I hello, hate that Brandon. sand. It gets everywhere. You can't get it out of anything. You got to bring baby powder That's the worst thing that happened beach. to him, right? Baby yeah, powder. Yeah, that's exactly right. If, well, yeah, you use baby, baby powder, powder to get sand, sand off. Stop there. No, oh, it yeah. doesn't. No, it does it too. Oh yeah, it I'm slips such in between. A... Oh, when the I go to the beach, molecules. I go head to toe in baby powder. Yeah, yeah. I, it's before go. you put on your latex suits, Tommy. I know. I know. I'm aware. You're gonna look. Like, <laughs> that's right. Tommy's gonna look like that guy from Super Troopers when they try to delouse him. Oh yeah, <laughs> powdered sugar. It's delicious. Yes, powdered sugar. Say shenanigans one more time. All right. <laughs> shenanigans. The first trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series on Disney Plus, finally dropped yesterday. My sister's birthday. Happy birthday. She's probably Happy never birthday. watched Star Wars. Happy birthday. And it had Star Wars fans everywhere belting. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Duel of the Fates all day long. Everyone's excited for who might show up on this series. But one character in particular really has us wondering, and that leads us to our first topic. Darth Maul return in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? The time frame in which the series takes place means that everyone's favorite dissected, horny little devil boy is still alive, running the Crimson Dawn. Even though Maul doesn't know that Kenobi is hiding on Tatooine, could he make a cameo in this series? And if so, how might he appear? I think one thing to, to kind of note, I mean, obviously we've gotten great storylines with Darth Maul in the Clone Wars, as well as the Re uh, Rebel series. And to have that kind of come to fruition and, and completion with the Rebel series, it gave us so much content. It gave us so much information. So I feel like if there was a ever a place in this series where we're going to see Darth Maul, it's going to be on the part of him trying to find the clues his own way before he has to go to the Sith Temple to get that power that he talks about in Rebels with Ezra Bridger, um, I feel like it's going to be more of like him being more detective-like uh, as opposed to deciding to go in that direction, which he doesn't want to go in that direction because that means leading him back to the Sith and the dark side of, you know, with uh, Palpatine and all them. So he's trying to stay under the radar and maybe 
just be a detective and try to find clues and, you know, do the whole bad cop, even worse cop kind of thing. I like that. I like that. Bad cop, even worse cop. Going back, it's like when you go home and see your old friends from high school and they just drag you back into all your old <laughs> bad habits, throwing snails down on railroad tracks, drinking oh, potions, all that stuff. You know, all the stuff crazy. we used to do as boys. Is that why I'm not getting my Amazon packages? Because there's too many snails on the tracks derailing the train. That's right. Snails on the tracks break your mama's backs. All right. <laughs> Okay. I've, well, I've got it. Okay. I've got it. I've got a crazy rope theory. Let or me you go, first go first, Jessica. You, yeah, you, you do, know you yours go. is always crazy and actually really good. So let me go before you, mm. so it's bad, and then yours goes. Um, <laughs> I love this setup. <laughs> so it's bad, and then yours goes. Mm. Um, I think I. I, I mean. I kind of agree with Eddie. I kind of agree with Eddie. I think what my favorite part about Darth Maul is his death in Rebels. And I think that's a very big motivation for what the Obi-Wan Kenobi series would lead if we put Darth Maul in there. So I think what we're going to try seeing is eventually Obi-Wan will go underground, not underground, but like, like physically underground and somehow fall into the arms of the Crimson Dawn or something. And Obi-Wan will, or Darth Maul will be like, this is my enemy. I need to make sure to kill him. Like this is something happens. And so when we see Darth Maul in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, I think we're going to see him like stri- like just constantly be raged with like, I need to fight Obi-Wan Kenobi. So that way when we, if people do go see Star Wars Rebels, they'll be like, oh, this is really serious. Like the death scene is really sad and he's holding him. So I think what we're going to see is like more Obi-Wan Kenobi still being more presentable and great about like, just being a Jedi and the Darth Maul going crazy and being like, I need to kill him, but I don't think he's going to appear so much. I think me and Brandon kind of talked about this. It's going to be more about the inquisitors, but when Darth Maul does appear, he's going to be like raged with anger and be like, I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care if I'm doing it right. We got to get Obi-Wan. So I think that's how it's going to, we're going to see Darth Maul like somewhere underground with the Crimson Dawn. Hmm. Sorry, I almost sneezed. That's that's my. <laughs> oh theory. no! I thought you were just crying. You're oh. so moved by it. So, yeah, I thought, relationship. I you, exactly. I love. Oh, <laughs> you just it got so really, worked up about your own theory. It was really sad. I remember being like, "That must be crazy to spend your entire life trying to kill this man, and then you finally come to peace with dying in his arms." I love villains. I love a good villain story, and Darth Maul is a really good villain. Like arc, he's gone through absolutely. Everything. We love villains here. I yeah, I like you know that. I like your theory. It does make sense. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi's whole life is all about remaining in control and remaining composed. And his main adversaries tend to be people who go off of the of the path by losing control and being too emotional. I mean, really, the most emotional we ever see Obi-Wan is is on uh, is on Mustafar when he's, uh, you know, making uh, using a deli slicer on Anakin to turn <laughs> yeah. him into uh, a, a rotisserie a nice chicken. Head honey baked ham. Pickle mm-hmm. Anakin. But, uh, He's pickle Anakin. Yes. yes. But I have to agree with, like, in, 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 the, in, the, in the sense of what Jess is saying, like, the whole idea of who Maul is throughout that entire franchise, it just, his entire journey is one that, oddly enough, we are probably the closest to in terms of from first appearance all the way through. And that death scene. It, it's it's got so many big implications and obviously everybody's seen the explanation of you know obi-wan and how he holds his lightsaber and and this and that but it's like it, it's true you find that dynamic between those two is like complete like magnetic polar opposites where every time they come together it's just immense blows it happened all throughout the entire clone war series and having that great ending in the most simplistic way of it is, of how it goes 
any kind of retconning that would really just mess up a lot of fans. They have. Well, I'm going to retcon that, Eddie. Oh, <laughs> oh it's time well, for a retcon. Guess who's here baby. to mess up the fans? Well, yes. like here's here's right. what I love with like what Dave Filoni's doing with Star Wars. Right, he's just taking time and cutting it up into smaller and smaller pieces and being like, here's a show about this four hours in the Star Wars universe and blah blah blah. So I think this is going to be a weird moment for Maul. Right, he's uh he's running the Crimson Dawn now. He's 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 throwing away the whole Sith thing, right? He's just Maul, baby. Screw the Sith. I got cut in half. I was a patsy. I got set up. It's bullshit, right? He's pissed off. And he's afraid. So, so now you have, like, the Empire growing. They're growing ranks. They got these Inquisitors running around who's not doing good for business for anybody. And even though the Empire, they do wind up working with, like, the huts and stuff and using, like, underground. They do cut out a lot of the, like, crime, right? Because they're trying to clean up the universe in the way they see it, how it should be run. So I think that Darth Maul is actually, or Maul's going to be up against the Inquisitors and up against the Empire who are trying to crush the Crimson Dawn at this point. And he's going to be pissed. And the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I think we're going to get a little twist of Rooney here. And Obi-Wan and Maul are going to have to team up reluctantly to go up against these Inquisitors because they're not good for business for anybody. And I think, you know, Obi-Wan's main antagonist here is going to be Anakin, right? It's going to be Darth Vader showing up again, being like, you could have been like this out of my bitch. And he's like, he's going to be the pissed off rage <laughs> one. And I think Maul, Maul and Obi-Wan are going to work together as like buddies and then go their separate ways at the end of mm-hmm. this series. And that'll set up, you know, the, the, the moving death we get in Rebels, right? Where it's like they had this moment where they were, where their interests were aligned and they worked together. Because I think, you know, Maul's at this point where he's like, screw the Sith. And I think Obi-Wan's a little bit like, screw the Jedi. I've seen how this has gone bad. I've seen how this has gone yeah. bad. So I think they're going to work together in this. In a little they can still of... work together and then still butt heads at the end. Oh, or yeah, Maul yeah. could oh, just yeah. be like, psych, bam, and hit him upside the head at the very <laughs> yeah, end of it. He could. Like... At the very end, he pull, you know, Maul pulls out the chair from behind and just hits Obi-Wan in the and back. Baby. Obi-Wan has gone out of, I think a couple times, every time Maul does get Obi-Wan, someone saves Obi-Wan. So we could have another scene yeah. of Obi-Wan just getting yeah. saved again. That way we don't get rid of that like intense storyline in the Clone Wars and the Rebels. Uh, so I think making their, I agree with Brandon too. I give, give Brandon my, <laughs> my shit. A Maul, a Maul, Obi-Wan. Buddy cop movie. Partnership. Yeah. I'm already shipping them, guys. I've, I'm calling them, I'm calling them Moby Wall. Moby One. Moby, I, I changed them. I called them Moby Wall. Uh, but Moby, Moby One is better. So we're shipping them. We're calling them Moby One. Uh, we're going to do the points a little different today. We're going to be handing out Tommy tokens. Those are redeemable at my uh, at my website www.tomsquad.com in my beast merchandise section, which is why I have exclusive new Rockstars merchandise slandering the other talent on this show. For instance, you can buy a mug that says Eric Voss, more like Eric Loss, Philip Molina, hope I never see ya, Whitney Van Landingham, more like Whitney pass on over that, because uh, I ain't landed anywhere near her ass. All right, so head on down to that fictional website that does not exist but let's hand out our tommy tokens uh eddie i'm gonna give you two tommy tokens for uh you know i'm not gonna lie a safe theory but still a spicy theory jessica you were gonna get two tommy tokens but then you gave them to brandon because as <laughs> we all know when you get everyone <laughs> kenobi and darth maul together in a theory mm. you're gonna get the tokens. so i'm gonna give brandon three tokens 
three Tommy tokens, which is about halfway to an Eric Voss, more like Eric Loss mug. So you're halfway there, guys. Up next, we're going to talk about the new Batman series coming to HBO Max. But first, a few words from our sponsors. NewRockstarsMerch.com has four different shirt designs inspired by the Batman. They also have hoodies, socks, stickers, and more stuff that's the perfect gift for the moody millionaire in your life or just for your buddy who can't stop saying, I am vengeance, ever since he saw the movie. Check out all of our great options at NewRockStarsMerch.com and tell them Tommy sent you. Don't do that. That'll do nothing. That there's no, if you do that, it'll, the site will just crash. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about some of our sponsors today, some best friends of mine. First thing I want to talk about is Faraday. Spring weather can be a little like the planets of the Star Wars universe. One day it's as cold as Haw. The next it's muggy like Dagobah. Our buddies over at Faraday make picking the right spring outfit easier because they make perfect clothes for all seasons. Winter. Spring, summer, fall, rosemary, dill, chipotle, all the seasons. Faraday is a family-run brand making high-quality, timeless clothing that looks great and is super functional. Look at me, I'm not wearing it and I could barely move. If I had Faraday, I'd be moving around. They make the clothes that always work their way to the top of your rotation. Around New Rockstars, we're all big fans of Faraday clothes. They make us feel like we're fashionable and hip, which are two words people don't usually throw around for folks that speculate about Star Wars. Faraday is so confident in the quality of their stuff, they have a lifetime guarantee of quality. So if you're one of those immortals, like Darth Plagueis the Wise, someone who found a way to cheat death, you're gonna be wearing Faraday clothes for millennia. They'll replace or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. Talk about making it easier to get dressed. Imagine you're 90 and you get too close to a fence chasing a rabbit or something confuses you. You tear a hole in your Faraday shirt, they'll replace it for you. Talk about making it easier to get dressed. And right now, Faraday has given the Rogue Theory audience 20% off. That's one-fifth. For those of you math nerds, head down to FaradayBrand.com and use code ROGUE at checkout to snag 20% off all your new spring staples. That's code ROGUE at Faraday, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y, Brand.com for 20% off. And tell them Tom sent you. All right, up next, my favorite sponsor. Sponsor that's gotten me through a lot of long nights. I'm talking about Blue Chew, baby. We're not always confident in our theories here on Rogue Theory, but if you need confidence in life and in the bedroom, that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet at the fraction of the cost, you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And if you've always thought, I need to get in a but I want to eat it like Pez, Blue Chew has solved this problem for you. I know you Pez heads out there with your Grinch Pez machine, and you're like, why can't I get hard? It's so hard to swallow a pill. Let me chew it down. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Sell with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And then you're off to the chew races, my friends. It's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. No looking down at your pants to make sure the pleat doesn't make it seem like you already took a Blue Chew. You'll receive your prescription. There's no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, baby. Red, white, and blue chew, and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package, but you know what I say. I don't want the discreet package. I want it in big letters. Boner Town, Destination, Tom Bechtold's Townhouse, okay? If you could benefit from the extra confidence when it's time to perform, let Blue Chew help you. We've got a special deal for our audience. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code ROGUE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's $5 for a god torpedo in your gym shorts that's bluechew.com promo code rogue to receive your first month free visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information 
We thank Buchu for sponsoring this show, for saving my marriage. When I've got my stance socks on, I know my feet are both comfortable and stylish, and that matters to me. Now they're taking that comfort and style from toe to head with the launch of their all-new active apparel line. Stance has a super soft line of sweatpants and joggers, shirts, hoodies, and more. They look as good as they feel. They're available in a full range of fits, prints, and fabrics. Not a yellow guy? Don't worry about it. Full range. That means green, blue, indigo, violet, reds even. Possibly whites and grays. I think the coolest part of Stance's apparel is all their collaborations with artists and different IP. Wear their Nightmare Before Christmas hoodie over their Bob Marley t-shirt with Incredible Hulk socks and let the world know all the stuff you're into at the same time. Stance's philosophy is that you should never have to sacrifice your own style for the sake of comfort. And now you don't have to. Whether you're relaxing around the house, working out at the gym, or running all over town like me, bonafide businessman Tom Beck told, Stance now delivers its signature softness and creativity in a full line of active apparel styles from toe to head. Talking tits to toenails, baby. Stance has got you covered. Head on over to Stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code ROGUE at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Stitch different. And we're back. HBO Max has officially confirmed this week that a new series focusing on Colin Farrell as the Penguin is headed into production. And that leads us to our second topic for today. Friends, what can we expect from the Penguin on HBO Max? With the Batman now in theaters, Matt Reeves looks to expand his version of Gotham with an all-new series on HBO Max focusing on the Penguin. Everybody's favorite <laughs> EDM nightclub owning. <laughs> <laughs> Irish guy in a fat suit. <laughs> so tell me now, when the Penguin, where could this series take us to set us up for the events for a sequel to the Batman? I can go first, but also I just want to acknowledge that nightclub didn't look fun. Also, there's so many, there's so many Batman movies where Batman is just beating up people in a nightclub, and I'm just like, why is it always a nightclub? Why? Because nightclub people are dangerous. Can't trust them. I guess so. It looked like a place where you'd stub your toe a lot or bump into like metal, like. How do you think they they figured out how to do all their dancing? They're they've just all been stubbing themselves Mm -hmm. into things. That (laughs) it feels like it's easy to fall over the pole. There's always like there was just like a metal pole, and it was like, oh, if I fall off, it's like fifty feet. (laughs) <laughs> like, whatever. Seems I'm like nobody's going to find you twi- until they hit the lights. It's mm-hmm. so hard to get a I was like that the twin that brothers club, from sure. The Leftovers got got in that movie. That was awesome. That was my, They were my favorite people in that whole movie. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. They were on Desperate Housewives, too. Twins. At least that's what my that's wife right. said. I didn't know for sure, but they, she said oh, they were on Desperate yeah, Housewives. That's what my wink, wife said, Wink, wink, right. Wink, wink. <laughs> the gals of Wisteria Lane? Yeah, I watched. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I watched. So, I think that there's a lot of room for what the next, the sequel of the Batman will be, because the Penguin has no story right now from the movie. So, I think a great way of going about this is introducing... Ethan Cobblepot, the Penguin's son, whose mother was one of the workers at the Iceberg Lounge. And when I think the story was like that, she was like, hey, I'm pregnant with your child. He was like, hit the road, lady. And then he goes on to like pay for the child all throughout his like life. And so he goes to college and then is like, I ain't paying for your shit anymore. And he becomes a villain eventually. And then his enemy is Batgirl, I think. I think it's Batgirl. And so I think a really, I think that would just tie in really well, just the family of who penguin is the fact that he has a son we could even take from the harley quinn series where he has a nephew and a sister and his mother who are very big important characters and how that sways how he's doing in life and then 
in the sequel of the Batman, we can have Ethan Cobblepot show up. And though he is kind of like a shitty villain, he still is a money making villain. So if the Penguin did die, Ethan Cobblepot could take his role um, as his new dad. So that is what I have to say. That's what I think it's going to be. Interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of am with you on the the development. We have a lot to learn about uh, the Penguin. I thought it was interesting, all the criticism that that, that movie took for that character as if like, there wasn't enough information already given in that movie about so many characters. They were like, how could they not develop the Penguin fully? It's like, well, because they're doing a TV show and sequels to this movie. This wasn't supposed to be the complete story of Oswald Cobblepot. So, and Chester Copperpot from the Goonies, which I would also <laughs> like to have him in. Are they, they uh, going to establish the link between those two characters? It's the and grandfather. Yes, it's time to bring the Gooniverse and the... In the DC, <laughs> my pirate ship is stuck in a cave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I have the key to One-Eyed Willie. <laughs> oh man, um, I I would say I I like that direction, but I would say with the way we've seen with uh, the success of Peacemaker, I feel like his son will be a part of it. But I feel like his son is going to be like a Gen Zer, somebody who's more in tune with like pop culture and things of what's going on, and he's going to kind of. The entire series is going to be the Penguin trying to understand his son's culture and just not getting it and getting him more frustrated. And each episode, it's another aspect of like, no, dad, don't you get this is, you know, Facebook. You do this and that and whatever. Uh, Turned into Arnold a little bit. Um, And then you're going to get like opportunities where each time it just gets him more and more frustrated until we see him be like the insane just masochist type of villain at the end of it and have him just go off and be like, I'm going to go kill the bad man or something. No. So are you suggesting that this will be like a comedy series? Yeah. Like the, the, this interactions will be funny. Yeah. So, th- so this will have more like a peacemaker tone where there's action, but also a lot of humor. Yeah. Oh, I, I like that. Eddie. I like that. I'm trying to remember what Matt Reeves movies he's done that are comedy <laughs> to see what it's going to be like. And I immediately was like, I guess planet of the apes was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> Had some jokes in it. Yeah, it's some funny. A lot of thing. people don't know he directed Ernest Scared Stupid. That's not true. <laughs> I thought that was, was, was like, was he? When he was twelve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's I, a first well, for everybody. That is true. I I think he's gonna go more violent than anything. I think he's gonna take that, especially like a, a crime boss. Like he's gonna be like, oh, I can't wait to see Penguin stab people in the neck. Because if there's one thing I learned about Peacemaker is that there's a lot of butts, a lot of dicks, and a lot of blood. So he's probably going to take from that and do a bunch of that shit. Do you think it's going to go in the direction of like Boardwalk Empire? Oh my God. I would lose my mind if they did the Boardwalk Empire. So I would lose my shit. Boardwalk Empire was one of the greatest television shows. And I was so sad that when it went. And so if they follow that suit and make it as vicious as like The Wire, I'll be like, oh, I'm into this. I love this. Well, one thing I was reading was that this Penguin series was originally like, the, the story was going to be the sequel for the Batman and they decided like, no, we'll just pivot this into a series. But I do think you're kind of right, uh, Jessica and Eddie. Like, I think this is going to get a little, it's going to be about the rise of Penguin. You know, they've kind of taken out two major crime families in the Batman universe and modern Batman has very much shied away from these villains and been like, no, the real crime bosses are like the Maronis and the Falcones and they're, they're like, you know, the Sopranos or whatever. And like, Cobblepot's like, mah, 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 right? He's like a, a joke a lot. And even in this movie, he was kind of toothless, right? It was like, I didn't kill any Goyles. What are you doing? I, you're the worst, you're the worst detectives ever waddling around and stuff. And I think he, 
now now Cobblepot has seen like, oh, this city, you know, I can take over now, but I'm going to have to up it up a notch. You know, I'm going to have to be willing to kill some people and uh, do some some really evil stuff. But I like the idea of like his family being there and him kind of moving away from his family. And like, you know, now that the flood has come, he's going to take over some sections of the city and really build himself up. And now that they've said that, like the the other show they're going to do isn't going to focus on the Gotham PD anymore, but it's going to focus more on Arkham. I'm wondering if they'll use the Penguin show to kind of bridge the gap into some of the more fantastic villains. Because watching the Batman, I was like, how does Superman exist in this world, right? This world that seems very practical and dark and like not a lot of magic in it. How do you have a character like Superman or any any villain who's who's a metahuman or like has mystical powers or something. I don't see that existing in the Batman that we saw, but this could help us do it in like Cobblepot show where like in the penguin, maybe he meets some more fantastic villains and that's a good way to introduce them into the Batman that Matt Reeves has created. I actually, what I'm hearing is bring on Mr. Mixelplex. <laughs> I actually, I, I did the reading on uh, the book that came out before the movie. It's like before the Batman or whatever. Um, and it, it really does kind of set up Penguin as this like super low key, but starting to make plans to take over kind of thing. Like the whole book surrounds this situation where, uh, Penguin is having one of his henchmen, uh, sell this super top secret type of explosive. And he's forcing this person to sell it because he's framing her dad and he's in jail. So, but in the end, like the henchman is the one who gets it in the end. And Falcone is like, he thinks that Penguin's up to things, but he's kind of suspect. And he's like, you know, but the book really does set up a, a premise where the Penguin already is making moves. Um, in the book, this is the one that Batman finds, but it's already kind of insinuating that the Penguin has been already making moves and doing things uh, prior to that's been trying to underhand what Carma, uh, Carmine Falcone's been doing and uh, really kind of set himself up as a top villain. So there's precedence to it. I just thought of something, two things. A, I don't know if my theory would actually work because it's following the exact storyline of Falcone and Selena in, uh, in the new Batman. So I'm like, why would he do the exact same thing unless it is mirroring the same situation of like how Batman was like, your dad thought he was doing good and then did bad. Like if they wanted to do that double up again and it's like, you wanted to be better than Falcone, but you are actually being Falcone. Also, I do think the series will probably play more into like, cause he immediately was like, looks like I'm the new leader, bitch. And then it's like, well, what about the people that also want to be the leader? What about other people that worked for Falcone that are like, no, I'm the leader. And there's no better like story than like a bunch of high end villains fighting each other endlessly. So I think it's going to be a lot of him trying to take control of what he thinks is his, but he has to fight everyone for it. Um, I would love his family to come in, though. Yeah, and we haven't really gotten a chance to see all the other crime families. And every uh, and every opportunity that we've seen, you know, Batman explore the entire crime family syndicates, uh, like with Bat, uh, the Dark Knight. Uh, we saw all those people at the table. Those all are representative of you know the different crime families in the uh, Under the Red Hood. We saw, you know, the meetings of all the crime families. We've seen that there are more than just the Falcones and the Maronis, but it's it hasn't been kind of come to fruition. So maybe that could be part of the series as well. The Penguin coming in and just one after one, like just taking over each crime family, knocking off the heads of that family and just making his 
Penguin Army massive with uh with henchmen. Yes. If there's anything we I learned like on the it. Batman I is like that you it. need those henchmen because the Riddler yeah. had his whole team the Godfather and the Riddler. <laughs> oh, yeah, the had Riddler had his incels. <laughs> his yeah, whole entire social incels. media army. So it's like you need your own army. He's got five hundred followers. Yeah. <laughs> It's not bad. Uh, it's not bad. He's, yeah, he's doing pretty good. For 500. Was I the only one when I saw the little kid at the very beginning, right? And he's dressed as a red ninja uh, and he like fake kills his dad. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to become Robin. I was thinking he's going to become Red Hood. Like, what if they they kind of subvert it all and he sees all this go down and he sees what happened to his dad and he's like, no, I'm going to run this town now. You don't right. kill my dad. Oh, he definitely yeah, You don't is. kill Don Mitchell. Politician yeah. children yeah. other than Batman. Well, Arguably, um, <laughs> turn evil so in in these yeah. in these franchises. None of them yeah. ever turn good. Um, I say arguably yeah. because I'm well, like, some of them just develop cocaine addicts and marry Fox News anchors. <laughs> That's also uh, true. Did, did anybody else get a vibe of uh, maybe a League of Shadows type reference there? Oh, yeah, yes. maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. There's an opportunity there too. I uh, I like it, guys. I like the angles we're going here. I'm going to award some Tommy tokens now. These are redeemable at my website www.tomsquad.com where you can buy newly minted NFTs. That's nice face, Tommy. These are unique images of me making a cutie boy face into the camera. So, uh, Jess, I'm going to give you Tommy tokens, uh, two of them. Eddie, I'm going to give you another two Tommy tokens. And uh, Brandon, I'm going to give you one Tommy token because you kind of just agreed with <laughs> Jessica and Eddie there. And I, I want to make it more... I want to make the rogue question more dramatic. Uh, and if I gave you two, it would be out of reach. So, now's the time that we all watch for, the rogue question. And if you've made it this long, obviously you're watching on the toilet and having some gastrointestinal issues, and we wish you well. So, today's rogue question is, as we wait to hear any news on Captain America 4, apparently Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan haven't spoken in months. Maybe it's something about Anthony Mackie leaking a racy tape between Pam and Tommy. And recently, Sebastian Stan said he hopes that Anthony doesn't have any say if he'll be in Captain America 4. This is probably all one big joke amongst friends using the internet as its plaything. For today's rogue question, I just want us to play a little, like, you know, fantasy. We were on set, fly on the wall. What's the pettiest real-world beef that these two actors could have? Oh what my made them God. dislike each other? What's the pettiest beef? Oh, my God. That's I, a you know, question. I think they broke the number one rule for any actor, whether it's in, in theater, on the stage, on the silver screen, wherever it is. You don't touch anyone else's props. You know what I mean? You don't touch any prop that's not yours. And I bet, I bet, you know, Anthony Mackie came around the corner or something and Sebastian was in that, you know, that winged Captain America suit. Oh, like throwing yes. some punches, taking some selfies. Yes. And he was like, no, you don't touch my props. Yes. You don't touch, you my don't props. touch a wig if it's not your wig. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I, I think, I, I think it's a little bit more egregious than that. I feel like not just, you know, with, with the code for people who act together, but the code for people who are bros together, I feel like Sebastian Stan or one of them accidentally wore the other one's underwear because oh, everybody knows accidentally. bros share clothes. Yes. We share, you know, and it's cool. But one thing you don't share is you don't share underwear. That's the number one rule. And I feel like one of them was like, these look like mine. Grabbed him, put him on. Because, I mean, they travel. They're in, you know, they, they're they all on set elsewhere, whatever. Things can happen or whatever. And one be like, oh, yeah, those are mine. And then one's like, hey, are you wearing my Fruit of the Looms? I thought these were mine. And boom, Civil War Three. Fruit of the Looms. Crazy thing is they're both wearing Batman underwear. Oh, yeah. Ooh, That's what's nuts ooh. about it. Cross-branded. Oh, yeah. You can't do that. All right, Jessica, what do you think? I think... <laughs> I think that... 
<laughs> this is so stupid. I think that I think that um Anthony and Mackie and <laughs> Sebastian Stan have always had this beef and they've been laying it low because they've been just like, you know, we have to do all these movies together. But I feel like Anthony Mackie auditioned for Jeff Galuli and I, Tanya, and Sebastian Stan got it. Oh. <laughs> I think Anthony Mackie. Yes. Uh, I think he auditioned for the role of Tommy Lee and Pam and Tommy, but Sebastian Stan got it. <laughs> he auditioned wow. for the special agent in 355, but Sebastian Stan mm. got it. Oh. And he's just like, look here, I'm going to get my own. And he gets Black Mirror, and it's the worst episode. (laughs) And so so they've always had this beef because Sebastian Stan's been stealing Anthony Mackie's roles. And so Anthony Mackie's been laying low, but also spitting out a lot of rumors to people on, on set, being like, you know who's a piece of shit? Sebastian Stan. And Sebastian Stan was like, you know what? I really hope he's not in this movie because I just can't stand him right now. We need to break apart from each other because he's mad that I keep stealing his roles that are clearly for me. Uh, and before anybody watches this and says, Jessica, what's your problem with Anthony Mackie? I don't have a problem with Anthony Mackie. I just think that him and Sebastian Stan auditioned for the same roles. And clearly Sebastian Stan is getting it. Wow. So he wow. can have- <laughs> Sebastian Stan can get it. When is Hollywood going to have the guts to let a black man play Tommy Lee? Yeah. Come on. Why Come won't on, they Hollywood? let Anthony Mackie play Jeff Goluli? <laughs> Come we on. Are, we Come are on, asking Hollywood. the real questions here. We were asking the real questions. Well, you know, I, that one got way more real than I thought it was going to. But at the end of the day, I have to award the token to a man I've done sketch comedy with and knows the sacred rule. You don't touch my wig and you don't touch my cape. You don't touch my wig. You don't touch my cape. Therefore, Brandon, you're getting the Tommy tokens. And that makes you today's winner. Oh, baby. I'm going to TomSquad.com immediately. <laughs> I need you to open a digital wallet, uh, what we call a little Tommy a little Tommy trunk. Stop, and they're we'll going to steal from you. Brandon, he's just going to your bank account and uh, send me your routing numbers. and all. It's the all safe yeah, on the blockchain. It's all safe on the blockchain. We got we got people on the blockchain. We got people off the chain, okay? That's it for this episode of Rogue Theory. Thanks to our special guests, Jessica Clemens, Eddie Villanueva, and off-screen producer, Brandon. Support our channel by checking out all of our awesome merch over at NewRockStarsMerch.com. If you have thoughts on some of our Rogue Theories, you can share them on our Discord. If you're over 18, click on the link for the New Rockstars Discord server in the description below. Follow me at Tommy Bechtold. Follow New Rockstars on all social platforms. And be sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye.